From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Exciting day, Cofield and Company, Stanley Cup final game number one. We'll get into that with Judge Dan a little later in the show. Avs expert from the fan in Denver. Adam Hill is here as a company. Demond's running the show. Let's get into it, Demond. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So our headlines at the top. I want to get some real quick reaction before we uh, talk more about Bruce Cassidy later in the show. So VGK finally has a coach after like, what, four weeks or so. Adam, they're going to intro him in a press conference tomorrow. I believe we're finishing off the effort to get him on the VGK Insider Show in the 4 o'clock hour. So Bruce Cassidy should be on Fox Sports Las Vegas in just a little bit. By the way, we've, we've always said with, with our hockey content here, we do hockey on the show, right? But we also have a hockey station where they do it every day for two hours. So Bruce Cassidy, big deal. Took a while. I don't know what happened with Barry Trotz. You, know, you were telling us yesterday in a guest spot, Adam, that you know, Cassidy and McPhee have ties. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've worked together before uh, with Washington, so that made some sense. And I think Cassidy makes some sense from a standpoint of he went into a similar situation in Boston. Uh, in that case, he took over as an interim coach, but – um, he took over a roster that was veteran-laden and ready to win and had success with them. And so I think that you know that part of it of, hey, this is kind of a similar situation, a team that kind of needs a, you know to be jump-started and a team that is maybe ready to hear that kind of disciplinarian approach make, makes some sense. And, of course, we we know the disconnect that the front office and the coaches have had and to bring in a – Coach who obviously has ties the, with the front office and understands them and has worked together and they know that they can work together, that makes some sense too. So it makes sense on a lot of different levels. I like I was a Barry Trotz guy because I think he's interesting and fun to cover and all those other things. Um, but I, I think this move makes sense. Have you seen some fan feedback? Um, yeah, well, I mean, a, a lot of it, like I was very intrigued yesterday by the rehashing of the trade. So... It appeared before the Golden Knights got Jack Eichel, Bruin, the Bruins were considered a front runner. Ooh, Everybody okay. thought he was going to Boston. Now, Boston had two things going against them. One, they didn't really have the the assets to give up. And two, they're in the same division as Buffalo. So Buffalo didn't want to he- have him in the same division for the next you know five, six years, whatever it was going to be. Right. And the talk at the time was, good Lord, how are Cassidy and Eichel going to coexist? Why is that? Well, Michael, more of a maybe free spirit, and Cassidy not really putting up with that. Um, and again, this is not this is not my observations. Right. This is this is like what the talk was at the time of how is that going to work. And now I know uh, Puck Daddy, our our friend uh, Greg Wyshynski, kind of tweeted out yesterday. Oh, we finally get to see how that Eichel and uh, and Cassidy relationship is going to work. And of wow. course, it's in the desert right. in Las Vegas right. and not in Boston. Um, so I, th- I think that's an intriguing part of this, um, you know that that co- that how are they able to coexist? And I I think it it'll be fine. Like I said, I think this team right now is at a point where they're ready to hear they're ready to go and hear that approach. Now if it doesn't work, if there's some struggles early, even who knows how that's going to work out? But I think that they're going to be pretty receptive to what his message is. At least for now, it might wear down on them. It might not work if it was a younger team. It might not work if it was a team um, that you know 
wasn't at the point that this one is, but I think this will at least work for now. I'm looking forward to this. And they, again, they intro him tomorrow at what, 10 a.m.? Yep, 10 a.m. So, City National. So you guys in the hockey media get to sink your teeth into <laughs> yeah. the new regime. So we got a special guest in studio, familiar name, but he hasn't been around uh, Cofield and Company for a while, but that's mostly my fault. Uh, Marty Cordova, former AL Rookie of the Year, Bishop Gorman, great football player, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer. This is a big week for us because we'll be out on Friday. Uh, doing the show and watching the ceremony at uh, DLC Arena as they put in another star-studded class into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. But Marty's in studio. What's up, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Good to be here. I busted the shops when when he walked in. I was like, "Hey, you got dressed up." <laughs> I told you you're lucky I have a shirt on because uh, you would have taken I no it off. Longer, I've, well, I've stepped back a little bit from the company. I sold about 90% of my interest in the company Bent Pixels that I, I had started with a couple friends about 12 years ago. And then we'd spun off a software company as well. And so I was able to to sell most of my interest in both those companies. And now I'm just kind of lo- retired, looking for a job, and I'm um, enjoying this time off. And so, yeah, uh, I'm mostly walking around with a tank top or uh, you know, getting sun, enjoying the time off. Nice. It's funny. I, 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 was, I was just on vacation. I was having this conversation with somebody of, like, could you be on vacation every day? Like, is that possible? We, I'll, t- I'll answer that question because I, I lived it. When I, when I retired from baseball, I thought, okay, I'm going to retire. I'm going to, I'm obviously good friends with Dana, Dana White. I said, I'm going to travel with the UFC. This is amazing. I, I had a condo in Lagoon. I'm like, this is, I'm going to live my life just chilling the rest of the rest of my life. After about six months, I'm like, wow, this is super boring. Everybody else has a job. Nobody can do, do things during the day. So I was just was spending all this time by myself. And then I'm like, you know what? There's no way you can retire at that age. And I was only like 36 at the right. time. And I'm like, I need to get, if you don't, you lose like, your sharpness, your, you have to read a lot. You have to be engaged in things to stimulate your brain. And I found out the hard way that, you know, retirement is not something you can do at 36 and do nothing. I just wonder if that's your, that might just be your personality. Like as somebody who is a pro athlete, you're obviously very driven, right? Not everybody has that level of drive. So I think there are people that could just be like, yeah, this is good for me, man. Like, I, I think they really, honestly, people say that until they do it. And you're like, yeah. I'd be a beach bum. I'll just walk around on the on the beach all day. Well, that's there's a lot of hours to walk around on the beach, and it <laughs> yeah. gets pretty boring after a while. Well, but, like outside of a lottery winner, who has enough money to retire at a young age? Like you had to work to get the money, probably, or like maybe it's an inheritance, I guess. But beyond that, like Adam said, you have to be competitive, and your you know your drive doesn't just stop when you're 35 years old. Now that said, it appears you've now retired at what. You said 36, and now, can I say your age, or are you, are I don't you mind. very worried about that? No, you're a little bit older than me. Um, but now in your early 50s, you're retiring again, but I'm sure there's going to come a time here in the next couple of years where you're like, eh, I might want to get involved in something. So I know we're going to talk about that in the next 10 minutes, about maybe some projects that you're getting into. Marty Cordova's here with us, former uh, twin, Indian, Oriole. And Blue Jay. And Blue Jay. Yes. Right. Had a good run in the majors. You can't take back a rookie of the year award, so that's that's cool. He always has that. Um, I wanted to hit a couple of baseball points before we get to the really important stuff and what you know your mission is right now. Um, we were just having a conversation in the hallway about baseball payrolls, right? And there's so much griping from some small market owners like the Reds. I don't know if you saw the Reds owner, the Sun, came out at the beginning of the season. He's like, this is all we can do if you don't like it. You know, what else do you have to the fans? Like, bro, what are you what are you talking about? And the Reds don't spend money and they stink. But there is a team out there that doesn't spend a lot of money and basically flies straight in the face of all these owners who are like, We can't compete because of money. And that's Tampa. 
Yeah, that it's true because when you said there was a big game coming up, Yankees versus Tampa, I kind of laughed a little bit because when did you ever think you'd hear Tampa and Yankees <laughs> being a, a big game? Usually it'd be Yankees killed or Devil Rays, but that's all changed, and I totally agree. Uh, Oakland has done it for a long time, and now Devil Rays have done it for quite a long time as well. They have one of the smallest payrolls in baseball, but they managed to just continue to put out good teams and competitive teams. And now Tampa's like pe people talk about them like they're the second or first best team. Red Sox and Yankees are, you know, well, they're the, the most consistent. They they're yeah. the most consistent. They almost never lose in trades, right? If they do have a star who's about to make money, they usually fleece the other side and get back two or three usable guys. You know, they've they're comfortable replacing people. And in the draft, like it's every year you look, you're like, okay, there's another guy who throws 95. Yeah. There's another guy who's great. I mean, right now they're without, why am I blanking on his name? Adam, who's the 6'8 dude who went out last year? They got from the Pirates. Actually, I have him on a fantasy team. Um, <laughs> but it, whatever. Is it Bay or? No, because Baz is hurt. Uh, today is uh, McClanahan. I'll, I'll remember his name. But it's like they, they, always, awesome. they <laughs> always have freaking power arms. You know, and they have good defenders. They got speed. So they're great. They really are a great organization. You've seen what's happened. Andrew Friedman went from the Rays to the Dodgers. And, yeah, the Dodgers have a lot of money, but he's building the organization the same way where they're, they're freaking like 50 players deep. Yeah. I think you can get into trouble when you have some money and you're signing free agents that are uh, maybe not at the end of their career, but they want 10-year deals when they're 30. And uh, they deserve it. And I'm not saying they shouldn't get it, but it makes it really hard because if they start to fall off in their first or second year, now you're eating an eight-year payroll of you know, $30, 40000000 million a year. And some of these teams have two or three guys. They have dead money on their team. Guys aren't even how about, anymore. How about Detroit? They signed Jordan Zimmerman, right? And he was terrible. Like the entire time on a seven-year deal. Yeah. So then they bounce back this year, and they're like, you know, let's go out and get Javier Baez. Like, what are you doing? Are you yeah. committing five or six years to a guy who's a non-contact guy and basically no walks in a 230 average? See, a guy like that fits well with the right team. But to build around a guy that that maybe doesn't make a lot of contact, but he is a great player, and putting all that pressure instead of the guy being the third or fourth man on the team, now he's the number one guy. It, it changes a lot, and you're because you want to live up to your contract, and everybody takes this so personally and so serious. I mean, people think, oh, he's just got money, he got a big contract, he doesn't care. But it's completely the opposite. Nobody feels worse than the guys. Nobody feels worse than me after I strike out. I promise you that. I, I beat myself up over you know many times. And I would assume it just builds and builds and builds. Yeah, it does. And that's how guys get into funks. They start getting in their own head. And baseball is such a mental sport. If you can't have a very short memory, it, it can really snowball on you. And, and I've, I've gone through over 36 streaks, and I've had 25-game hitting streaks. So it's really how can one guy go over 36 and the same guy have a 25-game hitting streak? It just doesn't really make sense. But that just tells you how baseball is so mental and you have to be so consistent. It's Marty Cordova, former Major League Baseball player, hometown hero from Bishop Gorman. Uh, by the way, Tyler Glass now was the guy I was thinking of, the 6'8 yeah. pitcher who's, uh, mm -hmm. who's out for the year with TJ. So you mentioned how successful the Rays have been, and you threw in the A's. What are the A's doing now? What do you, what do you think of the possibility of a Major League team landing here, moving here? The A's could move to Las Vegas. What do you think of that? Would it work? Uh, I, I don't right now at this point think that, but again, I'm always wrong. I don't even gamble anymore because I'm always wrong. <laughs> it, it's, it's incredible. If I pick you to win, you just don't even bother showing up. You're not going to win. <laughs> but, but no, all kidding aside, I've, I've never had, I don't believe there's ever been a, a major league team where there's a triple A team. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with that brand new, beautiful stadium they have in Summerlin. That being said too, and nothing against Vegas, but Vegas has a lot of things going on. And if your team doesn't win, you're going to have crickets there. It's going to be, and I know they keep saying that the visitors are going to come and all that sort of thing, but I just don't know if you can fill up 81 games at home with a team that's not really good in a market like Vegas. It, it, our, our city's 
you know, we have a large city, but we don't have a lot of outlying areas. So people have to come from three, four or five hours away at the, sh at the shortest. So I, I just don't think we're ready for a Major League Baseball team with all that's going on with all these new sports we've got here. I think basketball obviously would be first. It makes more sense. Yeah. And then uh, baseball, but maybe five or six years. I don't know. You just hate baseball. <laughs> you just don't want You don't baseball. have a love of the game. Uh, and also, I, and I say this every time, but I also ask the question, like the, the deal that Oakland has on the table that has been rejected, we are not giving them that deal. Explain to Marty what the deal is. Like there, There's almost $700 million in public money that's already on the table in Oakland. Like, we're not giving you that. Well, the problem you said there, it's Oakland. And yeah. that's the thing is I don't think anybody wants to be in Oakland uh, at that stadium. And I know they'll build a new one, but I just I think it would be, you know, they'd rather be in Vegas. I'd rather be in Vegas if I was a team owner or even a player. It'd be, I'd rather play in Vegas than Oakland. God, just, I, Adam's I a big Bay Area guy. He's a big backer. I'm a big Bay Area guy. Oakland can't lose another team. <laughs> I don't mind the Bay Area and San Francisco's awesome, but just Oakland's a little different story. Where they're trying to build the stadium, I think it would be pretty cool, though. It would be pretty cool down on the water. They could re like revitalize that area. I think there is there is some development to be done there that I think would be really really cool, and I would like to see it again. Oakland didn't just lose the Raiders; they lost the Warriors. Yeah, like this will be three teams that they lose. That's terrible. Well, that's telling you something. Why are they? Moving? I don't know. Oh, they're moved. Well, they moved here because we paid them to move here, and they moved to San Francisco because they got an unbelievable arena, which I actually still don't love that arena. But like they're moving for money in other places. Um, but I, I just would like to see the A's get their stadium there. It would be nice. And I love Vegas, and I love baseball. I, I, I agree with you on that aspect. I think Oakland probably deserves to have a team there. And, again, I don't think we're ready for a major league team for quite a few years. So to put them here right in the next – and it would take a couple of years to even build the stadium, but probably three or four years away anyway. So um, I don't know. They play in that lovely new stadium in Summerlin. That's what, they, yeah. that's what they would do for a couple of years. Well, the stadium's great, but it holds 10,000. I don't know if you could add maybe five or ten more thousand maybe, but that's in a tight little area yeah. there. It's a great stadium, and it's awesome for AAA baseball, the nicest one I've ever been to. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. the Players Association would let a Major League Baseball team play in 115-degree weather. I think they'd put their foot down. I, so I it's going to be a dome I, stadium here, but I, I, don't, I don't think that can be a temporary home. So I don't know where the hell they would go. I think they would just play in Oakland and – no one's there. Well, of course, Oakland know, could also you know pull the rug out and be like, we're demolishing the stadium next year. To that point, though, Texas is worse. The humidity and the heat in Texas is is worse, in my opinion, than really? it's playing in Vegas. Yeah, the, in, in Texas, they hardly ever take batting practice on the field when the summertime hits because it drains the players so much. It's so humid and so hot there. It's ridiculous. So I don't think necessarily the Vegas would be a problem. I just don't know that the you know having a fifteen thousand foot or fifteen thousand seat capacity stadium would be you know for how many years it would take. Right would be viable. That's Marty Cordova, former uh, AL Rookie of the Year, hometown hero, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer. When we come back, we're going to get into some important things in his life and what he's working on. We may uh, have a special guest, one of his buddies, calling in in just a little bit. Now, back to Cofield and Company. I'm happy. It's an important spot to fill. You know, it's kind of the it's kind of the first thing we had to do to get get this spot filled because you build around the coach. He's a very open, genuine individual. It's a pretty long contract. I, I don't want to get get into years or numbers, but uh, it's a it's a serious commitment on our part. That was Golden Knights owner Bill Foley. Eight News Now, Mr. Scoop. Chris Matthews grabbing that interview. Bill Foley says it's a long contract. I'd want a long contract if I were the, th the third coach in the history of the Golden Knights because in hockey and Cassidy just went through it. Bruce Cassidy is the new guy, just went through it in Boston after, you know, he had a long run. But, you know, the, the Knights will move on people, players and coaches, and quickly. Yeah, I think that – and when we talk about, you know, does this – 
what's happened here turned people off to taking the job. Like, well, it, it tells them to get long contracts. It does do that. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I'll take the job, but get a good you're going to give me a long contract because you're going to pay me if you get rid of me. Marty Cordova is in studio, former major leaguer, Las Vegas guy. Um, you seem to have season tickets to everything. I know you were down with the Raiders. Did you buy season tickets to the Golden Knights? I did the first two years, and then I uh, didn't the following years. And it wasn't any reason other than I just couldn't go to that many games. Right. You're out of town all the time. Yeah. You were working a lot. A lot of games. And so it was like, it, it, believe it or not, there were some games when I couldn't find somebody to go and the seats were empty. I, I, I put it on StubHub one time or one of the selling things, and the tickets face value was like 250 I got offered like 60 bucks, And I'm like, back then I was a little, you know, more of an idiot. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I'd rather have nobody sit there than take my 120. <laughs> well, you know, that, that shows me I, I might want to answer your text more often because I probably could have <laughs> yeah, taken those tickets and given them to friends. So yeah. Marty's been blowing me up lately because he's got a really, really important stuff going on. And, uh, you know, Marty kept talking about coming on the air, which I love having him on the air, but he also wanted a bowl. And I'm like, I don't, you know, we bowled in the past, Marty. It, it didn't go well for you. So <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, really important stuff. So, you just sold out of a couple of companies, and I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and you're telling me, you know, for the time being, you want to get involved in helping people. You want to get involved in some charities. So what's going on? So, yeah, uh, really, it's, it, I'd, I love the job, but I really didn't have the passion for it anymore. And I started just doing some soul searching and, and during the pandemic even more of, like, what, what was going to make me happy with my life. And I realized that it was really reaching out and helping other people that were in need because I had gone through some – through some stuff, and that, that'll be another topic of conversation I think we're going to cover and maybe the next time I'm on. But I really wanted to donate my time and, and help people the best I could. And uh, believe it or not, it's harder to, to donate your time than you'd think because I had reached out a few times in the past, like websites of donate, I type in my name, and nobody ever called me back. And so I was really frustrated with trying to figure out how to help, help out and here, uh, give charity work here in Vegas. And there's a, a kid named Jason Diorio who went to Valley High School when I, when I was a Gorman. And he just reached out, and he was saying he was now working for United Way of Southern Nevada. And I'm like, well, this is not an accident that we talked about this. And he's like, would you like to get involved? And I said, I'd love to get involved. So I was fortunate enough for them to ask me if I wanted to be on the board of the United, uh, United Way of Southern Nevada. And I said, absolutely, I'd love to do it. I'd love to help in any way possibly I can. And so uh, they invited me out. I, I joined the organization, and it's been great so far. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do when I came on here, and I think we're going to make it a little more official uh, maybe next time too, is I was wanted to shout out to the listeners here that I was willing to put up $10,000 and match anything up to that, uh, that, the, that the fan or that the listeners would, would want to donate to the United Way because they have so many great causes. And um, Steve said, hey, why don't you come on and we can do this? So I said, great, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, the United Way is such a great charity. And uh, it, actually they serve one out of four people in Southern Nevada. And really, there's a lot of people in need. There's a lot of people that need help, and they don't know how to get it, and they don't know where to get it. And United Way is really a, a great resource for that. And it is actually the 65th anniversary of the United Way this year, so it's a really big year for, for the United Way, and I'm willing to, looking forward to helping out as much as I can. I know the United Way is, is a great organization that I've actually done a lot of stuff with as well over the years, but like, I think people don't understand how many things they do. Right? I mean, it's just like, oh, they do good, but like, what what is it? They just they do a lot of different things, right? I mean, they're they're touching a lot of different areas of need in, in all the different communities they work in, which I think is the coolest part for them, which I'm sure has to be part of the exciting part for you for this as well. Yeah, it is. And one thing too is I, I remember when I was a younger younger guy, 
the United Way was like huge in the NFL. It was like every commercial, United yeah. Way, United Way, United Way. And it kind of lost its its cachet, I guess. I don't know how to say it, but it was seems like the United Way just isn't what it was. And so that was interesting to me. I'm like, you know, why, why is it not more, you know, focused as one of the main charities that you hear of uh, in Vegas or, or in the in the country these days. And maybe I'm wrong, but I just thought it lost a little bit of that. And I was like, well, it would be really nice to try to help build that reputation back up to where it was. Adam Hill, Cofield, Marty Cordova's in studio. Marty, we got one of your pals calling in, friend of the show, friend of Adam Hill. We've uh, covered UFC <laughs> yeah. for a long time. Dana White is calling into Cofield and Company. Dana, how are you? Maybe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Really? <laughs> Huh. That was a big intro. Such a, such a big setup. That was such a big intro. intro. <laughs> nice talking to you, Dana. I think he, he might just not have known that I was here, and he's like, oh, no, no I'm out. Stop. I'm out. Stop. Stop. So uh, how come Dana's calling in? I just asked him if he'd like to call in to just help support the cause of United Way and what I'm doing. He He's always been so good to me. We've been friends for a long, long time, and honestly, he's one of the nicest guys that you could ever meet. Uh, he gives so much. He does so much more than people even understand that he does because he does so many things publicly, but he just does a lot of things privately to help people out. And he's been a big inspiration to me, to just the fact that he's changed a lot of people's lives in a very good way. And um, I know he gets a lot of recognition, but I don't think he gets as much recognition as being such a good person. He really is. He's a selfless person. He's got a huge heart, and and and, and not everybody knows that side of him. Yeah, I mean, I you know, being around uh, the UFC for as long as I was, I mean, obviously, you, as you said, there's things that are made public and people know what goes on, but um, so many things that are just done behind the scenes quietly. And, and I don't, you know, I, I know that there's, you know, people have certain certain preconceived notions about the sport and about him in general and everything, but I don't think that everybody understands how much good is actually done as well. And how much, by the way, how much good still needs to be done? Like, th- there's a lot of needy people in a lot of different areas uh, not only in this community, but all over the country. And that's part of why the United Way is um, so important because they're, they're everywhere, Yeah, uh, which is which is important. But certainly here in this community, there is a lot of a lot of people in need for so um, a lot of work that still needs to be done, of course, even yeah. though there's been so much done, yeah, you know, I, all the time. I totally agree with you. And and like you just said, he, he does a lot more than you really even know, because it's not everything is done to get recognition. It's done because he wants to do it. A couple of minutes, we'll get Dana White on and uh, talk more about the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame and also the United Way. Now, back to Cofield Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on, Cofield and Company. Former major leaguer Marty Cordova is in studio talking about the United Way. We're uh, hoping to uh, hunt down Dana White for a, a guest spot here in just a couple minutes. And I was just telling you guys during the breaks because you were saying how um, you know benevolent Dana has been in town with charities. And over the years, when he got inducted into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, I think that was 2013, it was crazy. It was crazy the money raised. And then he also got involved with Al Bernstein's charity years ago when we used to do the 24-hour radiothon. It was just like... Because it turns into a competition. Yeah, that's a competition with some deep pockets. <laughs> that's a good thing, right? Oh, it's a great thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. Anytime you're dealing with charity and helping out folks, it's it's a good thing. What have you guys been doing uh, together in terms of travel, going to events? I know we'll ask him about it. I know he was at the Golden State-Boston game the other night. You guys been hanging out a bunch? Uh, actually, we just came back from Miami. It was Dana's son's 21st birthday, so we flew out there for the weekend 
there's like a group of six adults and then the tw- about 10 to 15, 21 year olds. So it was, it was an amazing time. <laughs> it, it was so much fun. I can't even tell you. It was, it was like, like a chill vacation. It wasn't crazy partying, but you know, the kids were partying a little bit, but it was just a good time. We got to do some amazing things, got to go out on a yacht, uh, guys were jumping off the boat. It, it was cool. We, it, dinners were great. It, it was just a really, really, really good experience. And, and Dana's son is so cool. He's such a nice, polite kid and all of his friends the same way. There's not one bad kid in the group. So it was, you don't have to worry about him getting in trouble, doing anything stupid. They just enjoyed themselves. Well, I mean, you've been to a lot of places, a lot of cool places. Is there any place that you've never been that you want to, that you want uh, to go to? Actually, I, I'm, I want to go to Maldives soon. I'm, I might go there in the next uh, month or so. But yeah, I've been, luckily I've been able to travel a lot of places. I haven't been to Asia at all. I want to go uh, to Japan at some point. You know, there's still a lot of places I'd love to go. But I, I have been really fortunate to, to travel a lot of a lot of different places. You hit that Singapore card. I, I believe me, I wanted to, but <laughs> didn't work out. All right, we'll give it a run again. Uh, Marty Cordova is in studio talking about the United Way. We wanted to talk a little bit of fighting and what's going on with the UFC. And Dana White's up. Dana, how are you? What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, real good. So Marty's been telling us about uh, his charitable works here. He just sold out of a couple of companies, and he really wants to help people. Yeah, listen, when I hear Marty Cordova's willing to spend some money, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty rare occasion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm in. Uh, So I'm going to donate $20,000, and I want him to match it. Wow. Hello? (laughs) Hello? Connection breakup? (laughs) I think we lost Dana. (laughs) He's there. He's there. Your headphones are working. I, I agree, Dana. Two hundred dollars is very generous. Of you. That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, we were, we were just talking about the United Way, Dana, and, and all the all the great things they do. And I know you know you've you've done a lot, you know, both publicly and privately for many different organizations. Why why has it always been important for you uh, to be so uh, impactful in the community? Listen, I, I love this city, and uh, city's been very good to me. People of the city have been very good to me, so uh, when, whenever I I can give back, I do. And uh, you know, it's just when, when, when you when you when you have the opportunity to give, you should. For sure. Um, by the way, just to, while you're on that, I saw your reaction to the fight the other night. Glover Teixeira is like 70 years old. <laughs> that was nuts. What an what an incredible fight! And what, what I mean, I know he lost the belt, but that's just a, an awesome story. A great dude too. He sure is, and, and, and the fight was unbelievable. I mean, for those two to go to war like that for as long as they did, back and forth, it, it's, and the event itself was incredible. It's one of the, in my opinion, one of the top five best events we've ever done. You guys, you guys are not stopping. Uh, obviously, the, the show rolls on. That's the, the crazy thing about the, uh, about the UFC. It's like, okay, one great show. Now you got, now you got more coming up. But the, the show in Vegas coming up, obviously, every year in National Fight Week is awesome. Um, how, how, how excited are you guys to have, like, everything, everything's been back for a while, but, like, it feels back, back, back right now uh, for, for International Fight Week coming up. This should be a great week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sold out. Um, the, the town's going to be rocking. There's tons of cool stuff going on around the city. You know, uh, uh, that's that's very fight oriented, and and you know, UFC stars that are coming in to sign autographs and yada yada. You know the drill. But uh, <laughs> it, it should be a killer weekend. I mean, this town is on fire right now. I, I was out last night, and and I was at, I was at Caesar's Palace. The place is packed. I mean, every night it's packed. It doesn't matter what night of the week it is. It's insane. I heard you on uh, McAfee show. Caesars is one of your uh, new places now to play. 
I've been no, I've been at Caesars forever. Okay, uh-huh. I, I've been there forever. I, I just say you're, you're insane if you play anywhere else. That nobody treats their people better. Um, I thought th- you know the story of the of the Joe Lewis statue that's in the yeah. in the lobby here. I mean, those guys shut down the sports book and 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 had the son of the guy who made the the original uh, marble one in, in, in their sports book came and made one for me. Just because they, they said, what can we do for you? I wow. said, I'll see how good these guys really are. <laughs> I, I, want, I want the Joe Lewis statue. Uh, 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 and they did it. It's got to be concerning. Like, we've seen some bad statues, though, that just uh, don't look right. Ronaldo. Were you worried? No. I, I Listen, I, I love that statue. The one that they made me is better than the original. Wow. I love it. If, you, if you're ever in the lobby of, of the UFC headquarters here, it's in the lobby right when you walk in. And uh, they actually took the picture off the wall at Caesars, the, the uh, Muhammad Ali and, uh, and Joe Lewis picture. It hangs right next to it. It's incredible. So, uh, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll just keep throwing UFC stuff because I know uh, we're, we want to talk about United Way a little bit more as well. Um, how many times a day do you get asked about Jones and Stipe? Um. No, I wouldn't say I get asked a lot of times, but people, you know, people want to know if Jones is coming back and if he's fighting heavyweight. Um, you know, I, I think people are excited to see that. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what, how you feel about John Jones. There's, there's no denying he's probably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. So um, people want to see him in heavyweight. It's cool to have his brother in town on the Raiders now, too. Yeah, yeah no, that's incredible. <laughs> it's fun. So. Uh, you threw the gauntlet down to Marty. Marty is, uh, he's graciously agreed for the $200. I heard <laughs> no, uh, he's good. No, I actually Dan, If you put 20 up, I'll put 20 up. No problem. Wow. But, but I would like to say to the listeners out there, we'd really appreciate it. If you guys could donate whatever you can. I know times are tight and gas prices are a hundred dollars a gallon, but if, if you could donate anything, we'd, we'd really appreciate it. It goes a long way with United way. We also have a uh, Southern Nevada hall of fame coming up, Dana. I know, uh, that was a, you know, we remember your your induction there and Marty's induction there. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing to uh, to accomplish. I know a lot of people are very proud and uh, excited about going in there. Uh, what what was that like for you and and to see friends like Marty go into that? Yeah, no, it has been cool. You know, a lot of a lot of my friends have, you know, Tyson, Marty, uh, Mark Ratner. <laughs> the list goes on and on of, of of people I know that have been in it. It's it's very cool. It's something. Something very cool to recognize, you know, local people here in Vegas. And now this year with DeMarco Murray going in, it's pretty cool. That is cool. I didn't know it was DeMarco. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, what do you, I mean, obviously you guys both know DeMarco. What What are your, you know, he's not, he's still around. So what are your memories of DeMarco as a young guy and, you know, why you kind of embraced him when he was coming out to UFC events? I've known him since he was a kid. Yeah. You know, he, he and, and he's always been a great guy. Um, when he went on to play football in college, Came back when he was back in town. He would always hook up with my kids and work with them, uh, you know, on, on uh, training. And uh, very good, solid, humble dude, man. I, I like him very much. So congratulations to him. He's also one of the rare athletes who walked away because he wanted to walk away. He made his money. He was kind of done at twenty nine or thirty. Um, Talk about that a little bit, but also in you know you dealing with fighters and fighters oftentimes aren't great with their money and they just have a competitive spirit. They don't want to walk away. Yeah, it's hard to walk away. <laughs> Walking away is hard, man. Who, who wants to walk away from from living a life that you love like that? Uh, doing something that you've you, you've dreamt about your whole life to just get up and walk away one day. I, I'm assuming it's it's the hardest thing in the world to do. 
I'm not doing it. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> you know what's funny? We, we were talking about this earlier. Like, would you be able, not you in particular, uh, I was just on vacation, and one of the conversations we all had was, could you just be on vacation the rest of your life? And no. Marty said no way he could do it. He <laughs> tried like, it. No. There's no way you could do that, right? Yeah. Me and Marty were just on vacation together last weekend. I couldn't wait to get home. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much you can drink. There's only so much you can eat. There's only so much sun you can get before you're like, that, that's it. I'm done. I want to get back into a normal routine, get my life back and, you know, get up and work out in the morning, go to work, be productive. It, just being on vacation every day is just, it, that's some fantasy BS that, that somebody made up in their head years ago. Oh, I'm going to retire. Margaritas on the beach. How many margaritas on the beach are you going to drink for how many days straight before you lose your mind? It's funny you say that, Dana, because when I retired from baseball, I, I had a condo in Laguna, and I was down there all the time. I'm like, this is going to be great. But there's a lot of hours in the day when you're walking around the beach by yourself because everybody else is at work. So 100%. It's like, you know, I, I did it for a few months. I'm like, what? This is boring. I got to do something. I'm losing my mind. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Somebody, it, it always just sounds great. I'm retired. I'm just going to live on the beach and I'm going to do nothing. But that gets super boring super quick. Dana, do you, exactly. set, do, do you set goals? I mean, you're a super competitive guy. I, I, clearly, you still want to accomplish some stuff. Do you set goals? What do you want to accomplish now? Big time. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I still have big time goals that, that I've set. Every couple of years, I readjust my goals. I'm 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 focused on something nutty as hell right now. I I don't even want to tell you on the radio. It'll probably freak a lot of people out. Uh-oh. I'll let Marty tell you guys in the studio what I'm working on. Marty, I'm supposed to get that date today. Yeah. They they, they won't give it to me over the phone. The guy, the doctor's going to fly out and give it to me on Monday. Are you sure it's but, you're going to be around on Monday? Oh, I'll be around. No, I mean, uh, no, the maybe, news, maybe um, Saturday. But yeah, I'm I'm super goal oriented. I mean, I, my my life is all based on goals. I, I, uh, you know, still working out and stuff like that too. You know, you, you have to set goals for yourself. Otherwise, what, what are you doing? What, what are you doing day to day? There has to be a roadmap to where you want to go next. And, and, and only you can plan that. Dana White is with us. Dana, your name comes up often on our show, believe it or not, when we're talking about the NFL, because Adam will always throw out the line that you, you know, you would mention about with your fighters and managing a lot of people. You wake up some mornings and you're like, okay, what is going to happen today? You know, because some days are just a, a disaster. And the reason we tie you to the NFL is because Roger Goodell, he makes a lot of money. But, man, ma- managing fighters is one thing. Managing other owners must yep. be unbelievable. 100%. 100%. I mean, no, nobody nobody gets uh, beat on like Goodell does. I mean, it's, it's nonstop. So many people don't like him and everything else. Let me tell you what. The, NFL, the business of the NFL is going straight up. I mean... <laughs> The business of the NFL has never been bigger. It's never been better. It's a fun sport to watch. It's a fun sport to be a fan of. And I guarantee you it's one of the hardest sports uh, to manage and, and, and run. Well, along those lines, I, I had visions of the Denver Fertitta Whites. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, me, and the Fertittas, me and the Fertittas are involved in a lot of things together still. <laughs> We, we still own a lot of businesses together. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on that stuff. And, you know, the, the, the football thing just hasn't come together yet. It will one day, right? We'll, we'll see that happen. More than likely. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vertitas are so passionate about football. So, yeah, and, and, and pretty much most of the things they do, they do with me. So we <laughs> probably will. Is there another professional sport that you would have interest in owning a team in? Besides the um, NFL. Besides the NFL. I don't know. 
I don't know. I would never say no. Off the top of my head right now, um, you know, I can't think of anything, but, but who knows what opportunity could pop up that, that I might be interested in. I mean, we might have the NBA with a LeBron ownership group, and we could have the A's move here. I got an idea. Buy the A's, and I can start back in left field next year. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can lose 162 games. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, did Dana White's with us? Did you see that uh, Floyd Mayweather wants in to uh, pro sports ownership? How do you think Floyd would do? Um, yeah, I think obviously whatever team Floyd would be a part of, he'd bring a lot of attention to it. And yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know about him diving in and, and, and working every day. I don't know if that's what he's looking for, but uh, yeah, listen, the guy's made a lot of money, man. He should he should have got into something a long time ago. Yeah. Well, we we are uh, are very happy to know that you guys. I mean, obviously you've been doing a lot of charity stuff in the past, but have Marty in here and uh, getting into as you said um, a lot more charity work now is uh, is really exciting and is really cool. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll hear more of the great work that Marty is doing in the future. And and I'm sure that uh, you know that he's going to do great at it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and uh, Marty, I appreciate you making me a part of it. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you 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 joining as well. <laughs> last one, last one, Dana. Your uh, your health is is good right now. I'm awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I couldn't good. be better. Good deal, because that was serious stuff there. Uh, Dana White, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dana. All right, boys. Have a great day. See you later. There he is, Dana White, head of the USC. You want to stick around for a few more minutes? We'll wrap it up. Marty Cordova's here. That was just Dana White. You can hear the archive of the interview after the show at lvsportsnetwork.com. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on Cofield and Company, Marty Cordova, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, is with us. The company is Adam Hill. We just got done talking to Dana White, and as always happens when we have someone on, I have like 40 more questions to ask, and uh, we didn't get to them. Okay. But maybe we get them on down the road. Um, we were just talking about just business in general, because Marty is retired again. He retired after baseball, had a couple of big businesses, and he, he, he sold out of those, and now you're talking about the United Way and charity, and you can find the United Way uh, up on Twitter. Uh, let me get it correct. Uh, by the way, it's United Way of Southern Nevada, so uh, at UWSN. Um, so you're getting heavily involved in charities, but you were also talking about what's going on business-wise, you know, for no real details, but for the Fertitas and Dana and that, you know, Dana's got a lot of different interests. And I, Adam, you were saying that he's got, he's got what, a whiskey uh, brand like shirt that he's wearing all the time. Oh yeah, the Howl- so what, Howler Head. Howler Head. Yeah. So what is that? Howler Head is uh, well. First, it's kind of strange. Is is this a whole other topic for next next time we come on? But I, I went to Costa Rica to a place called Rhythmia that does an ayahuasca ceremonies. That's that's really another topic again. But there's Howler monkeys there, and they're the second lo- loudest animal uh, per size, and they just scream really loud. And it's funny because he right then he just said. I, I bought into this, or I was asked to come in, or however it was, to this uh, liquor called Hallerhead, and I'm like, dude, I just I sent him a video of a Hallerhead screaming his head off because I'm not sure if he even knew that where the Howler monkeys yeah, yeah, lived yeah. and all that sort of thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, but so that's the the face, the logo of it is a Howler a Howler monkey. It's super cool. That I, I don't drink anymore, but the whiskey everybody seems to enjoy, and uh, it, and Dana promotes it like crazy, and it's just been 
taking off. My my brother drinks it. My brother even said he's so crazy. He's like, I'll get a Hellerhead tattoo. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he looked at what Conor McGregor did? I don't know. If or he just gets opportunities like this all the time, and it's just like the one of the liquors that he decided to to jump in with. Because what what's happened with Conor McGregor has been crazy, and it's almost it's almost been counterproductive for Conor in his fight career, and also the UFC. Like he has so much money, you know. Yeah. It's, it happened with boxers a yeah. lot of times. That's why Floyd Mayweather was great that he stayed motivated, you know, yeah. for almost every single fight. He stayed in shape, but it, it's man. Yeah, it's hard look, for Connor to come edge. back. Like, how much yeah. money do I have to make to get back in shape? You can lose that edge, and especially in fighting. I'm, I'm not a fighter, but I would imagine that once you start to get a little bit fat and happy, that things happen. I saw Rocky, so I understand how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Rocky lost it. Yeah. That but, stupid uh, fake car with his kid got me but, pissed off when I watched the movie. That, that, but by the way, going back, I mean, Dana, Dana's quote after McGregor Mayweather, I think it was that night yeah. when he said, it's real hard to get up and go to the gym when you have $100 million in the bank. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's that usually is proven true. I wouldn't know about that, but I'm, I can imagine. <laughs> but what had happened with the liquor business was uh, he's very good friends with The Rock, and The Rock had done a tequila company, and it had been very successful. So he had put him in contact with a guy named Steve Lip, who had owned Hollerhead and a couple other whiskey brands. And uh, and Dana had said he had they'd sent him like ten choices of whiskeys or liquors that he could do, and the second one he looked at was Hollerhead, and he's like, "This is the one." And then, like true to Dana's nature, is he got 100 percent behind it. Uh, tweeted it out. Uh, it just it, um, everybody knows about it now. It's it's immensely popular. He's it's every fight you see it on the turnbuckles and the post uh, hollerhead, and he's just done a really amazing job. As he's uh, one of the best promoters in the world, and in anything he promotes is usually successful. I threw him kind of a loaded question, kind of the the slow pitch that he could bang it out of the park when I was asking him about goals and yeah. motivation. Yeah, he's definitely a motivated and a glory and a guy, and he's and he's one of the most. Uh, I guess it's really his his motor is amazing. Like he can just keep going and going and going and going, and he doesn't get tired. And it, you just when you think like oh, he can't get up at six o'clock to do this interview, he does. And so it's it, I, I maybe twenty years ago or more, we were in Toronto, and he signed an autographs, and he signed for like three hours. I'm like, what are you? Are you crazy? And he'd signed until everybody was there. And I'm like, well, you know, this is relatively new. He, he hadn't been in the game that long. Right. And I'm like, we'll see where he's doing in five years. And it, honestly, he's never backed down from that. He signs autographs. To, if he's walking through a casino, he'll sign autographs, take pictures. It's mostly pictures and things like that now, as most people don't carry pins around anymore. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, so he's, he's very good to the fans. And he, he's, it's, it's amazing that he just doesn't get tired. All right. So, once again, tell people United Way. We're going to put together a you know a whole donation thing here, but you guys have put up a bunch of money. And why, why is it important for people to look up the United Way, get involved with the United Way of Southern Nevada? I just think it's they, they do a great job. And like what Adam said is they affect a lot more people. Imagine that they serve one in four Southern Nevada uh, citizens, and that's, that's a lot of people. And they're involved with so many different charities uh, that they partner with. It's just such a great organization. And all the people that are there are amazing. They've been so nice to me. You know, I, I've never done anything really like this. I didn't have any experience in it, and they've been really welcoming and, and very cool to me and making me feel like I was a part of, of the organization for, for a lot longer than just the few months that I've been involved. But, yeah, so that to me now uh, my purpose, again, is to help people, and I think we're going to talk in a, maybe in July 5th or around then I'm going to come back on, but there is a longer story that I would like to share with the listeners and people in general about some substance abuse and alcohol problems and things that I've had in the past. But I think it's important to, it, to get that message out because – 
people are starting to do that now. More athletes are coming out and saying that they've dealt with depression and different things. And it, it, it had always been taboo. Like it, any sign of weakness, you would be, you, you have a chance of being released. Like if you said, well, I need a sports psychologist, you, you might be released over something like that because they thought you were mentally weak. So we've been, as all athletes, female, male, have been taught, you keep these things of weakness to yourself. And that's a big burden to carry because we carry a lot of stress and a lot of the job's difficult, uh, number one. But then, you know, I have pressure. I want to do good for my family. I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my friends. I want to be successful. And, and it's just an up and down road. And if you don't really have the proper tools to deal with this kind of stress, it can lead to alcohol abuse, all other sorts of things that come out uh, trying to deal with this crazy amounts of stress that we deal with. Well, we're glad you're doing well. Even happier that you came in studio. We'll uh, get you in here in a a couple of weeks from now, thanks for hooking us up with uh, Dana White. And again, folks, uh, you want to donate to the United Way, we'll tell you more about it uh, next hour in the next couple of weeks as we roll on into the 4 o'clock hour on Cofield & Company.